Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett, and today I'm speaking with another couple of awesome creative folks like I do on this podcast. On Vibrant Visionaries, I talk with directors, musicians, writers, all sorts of multi-creative, immensely interesting people. And today uh, we're kind of hitting all the spots, all the good spots, because I'm covering a film I saw at Fantastic Fest called Bloodthirsty. It's a horror flick and it is currently seeking distribution, but it got to debut at Fantastic Fest. It's really interesting. The film is about a musician. So Gray is an indie singer who's having visions that she is a wolf. Yes, this is the werewolf content you are asking for. <laughs> when she gets an invitation to work with notorious music producer Vaughn Daniels at his remote studio in the woods, she begins to find out who she really is. So in this film, she's really trying to dig in deep, exercise her demons so that her, um, you know, her second album has a lot of impact and not only is you know, popular, but has some really incredible, impactful music and songwriting that exercises her inner lady werewolf. <laughs> so I found this super fascinating film. Um, the music is all written by the co-writer of the film. Her name is Lowell, and she's an actress. She is a songwriter and singer and a film writer. So she co-wrote this with her mother, Wendy Hill Tout, who's a producer, a director, a writer, and she does all sorts of things. She's uh, multi-creative. So Lowell and Wendy co-wrote this film, exploring the creative process. And it was directed by Amelia Moses. So Amelia debuted two films that will be uh, coming out to wide release hopefully soon. Not only Bloodthirsty, but she wrote and directed Bleed With Me. And that recently debuted on the festival circuit as well. So yeah, female filmmakers doing it and making really interesting horror films. This interview is with Wendy and Amelia, and I start the conversation with Amelia. We had a quick little 15, uh, 16 minute <laughs> window to get this interview going. So you will hear me just start talking with Amelia Moses, and then I ask the same questions of co-writer and producer Wendy Hill Tout. Let's get into the interview and then stay tuned afterwards for vibrant visionary updates from me. All right, enjoy. How does your instinct drive how you make decisions? Oh, wow. These are getting into, this is a uh, hard question. Um, <laughs> I realize now that this is also the theme of your podcast to kind of get into that stuff. So I should be more like in that headspace. Um, can you say the question? Yeah, so it was really inspired by the instincts and the other, you know, the themes that come up in, in the film that I just, I, I loved those themes. So yeah, the question was, how does your instinct drive how you make decisions, whether it's creative decisions or life decisions, whatever, whatever seems interesting for you? Yeah, I feel like you just, you really have to follow your gut. And the thing about filmmaking is you can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare, and then it all falls apart on the day. 
So you kind of have to be flexible. And also sometimes there's something on the day that is so much better than what you could have ever thought of prior because you were flexible to adjust, whether it's an actor suggestion, whether it's a weather problem that is just like, oh, we have to shoot the scene inside now, or we're shooting outside, but it's going to be snowing. And you're like, great, let's just embrace that, you know? So you always kind of have to be pretty flexible. And I think, again, you know, when you're on set, it's very high stress, especially on low budget films, like, and probably I've never done a higher budget film, so I don't know, but, um, <laughs> you know, tight schedules, right? So you're trying to get a lot done. And so there's, that's a lot of pressure. So you have to kind of make these really quick decisions. And I think when you follow your gut, good things tend to happen. And obviously it's a collaborative medium, but in terms of directing, you're making so many decisions and so many other people could direct this film, but you're going to direct it in a way that's the way you want to do it. And I think that can breed a lot of insecurity for directors too, of like, well, why is my decision any better than someone else's decision? It's like, it might not be, but you're in that seat. So how can it be your vision? How can it be your personal touch? How can it be your style? And so if you embrace your kind of gut feeling and really think about what you like and what you want, that's going to end up being a better film, I think, um, for the most part. Awesome. I'm going to repeat it again, Wendy. So how does your instinct drive how you make decisions? You know, I think it's really important in filmmaking to never let ego get in the way of any choice you ever make. It's always about making the best film. No one's ever right or wrong, as Amelia said, too. You know, you just have to go by your gut and fight for your gut because... I think truth is what counts. And it shows like in the progression of Grey in the film, for example, I think that her music gets more honest. And even though, you know, Vaughn says, you know, talks about being ruthless with herself, what I think he's also alluding to the fact that I think the more truthful, more honest and more raw we are as artists, the better we get. So I think that's part of the theme of the film. And I think it's really important for all of us to always remember that. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's, um, I think that's one of those things with life and creative decisions and listening to your gut and letting it drive you is, as we see with Vaughn, it, it like, sometimes it means alienating other people. Sometimes it means other people are never going to understand what your creative journey is. And that, that can be a bit isolating or health and wellness <laughs> being at stake, you know, mental health being at stake. Uh, these are all just a couple of the things I found super fascinating. And also having somebody love you that's there that you think, well, that person's my, maybe my conscience or my, you know, has my best interest at heart. Uh, or there's a, you know, two people there that are sort of fighting that against uh, what Gray's personal inner journey is. So my next question is, and and Wendy, since you're in front of me, I'll put you in the hot seat for a second. <laughs> what did you learn about your creative process in, in writing the film? Wow, that's an interesting question. I, my daughter is much more of a horror specialist than I am. I think I come more from dramatic roots and documentary roots, storytelling for sure. So I think what was really interesting for me as a writer because I didn't really know if I could write a horror film. Like This was my first horror film. And what was wonderful was to have kind of the, the progression of Grey as she starts to like eat meat and drink blood and all of that. So you had that kind of structure of the horror movie. But for me, what was wonderful was to work with the internal conflict in the characters. So I, I, I realized something about myself that that's what I write best. 
And so whatever I do, whatever genre I write in, and I'm writing another horror film, I have to find a way that the characters encompass that because that's my strength as a writer. So Amelia, same question for you. What did you learn about your creative process in directing this film? Yeah, well, I think the key thing was that it was the first film that I didn't write myself. So that kind of had a different approach to it. And I was really excited to do that because it's a slightly different way of working, I guess. And in comparison to my first feature, that was something that I had like developed myself over two years. I'd written the script. And so once I was on set, like I knew those characters so well. I knew what I wanted so well because there had been just so much prep time just purely by the fact that I had written it. And then on top of that, this was a really, really quick pre-production. So I had gotten the script in like early December of last year, and then we shot end of January. So it was about two months with the script before we were like on set. So for me, that was just like obviously a brand new process. And I, I wasn't, I didn't have that time. I didn't get to spend as much time with the characters in the scripting process because I'd come onto it late and plus uh, it wasn't my script. So I think one thing I discovered was just kind of like figuring that stuff out on set a bit more. And I think realizing that, you know, sometimes you just gotta, gotta go for it, you know, and dive in and dive in, I guess. And I had never really like dove into a project so quickly uh, before. And so I think, uh, I realized that sometimes it's okay to do that and you just got to ride the wave and you got to just go for things. And that was, that was nerve wracking, but really cool in the end. Awesome. So I have to ask, what's the name of your dog? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, his name is Stanley. Hi Stanley. He's very cute. <laughs> very, yeah. He wants some attention right now. Yeah, so of course. Keep him uh... calm and not too noisy. <laughs> no. So I had one more question. And uh, so Amelia, perhaps you can take this This sort of works into what we were uh, what you were just sharing, which is what did you enjoy about this particular collaboration with this this group of, of women and whoever else was on your team? Yeah, for me, collaboration is a really exciting part of directing, because it's really awesome to work with people who you trust them and you trust their vision. And, you know, again, on this project, I didn't know anyone on set going in. So I hadn't worked with anyone before. I didn't meet Mike and Wendy in person until I came to Calgary to shoot the film. So it was definitely like starting those relationships really fresh, which again was quite a contrast to my last film, but still was exciting because you're getting to know people and figuring people out as as you're writing the, you know as you're working towards shooting the film and I think I really like working with the actors obviously as a director that's like you know a, um, a big part of the job but I really appreciated the collaboration with uh, Lauren Beatty who plays Gray and Catherine Kingso who plays Charlie because they're both queer in real life too. And that wasn't going to be like the sole reason to cast them obviously, but it was something that I had in the back of my mind because I've known both, I knew both of them going in. I'd worked with Lauren before. And I knew it was something that they both are conscientious of as queer performers that like, they don't often get to play queer roles unless they've written them themselves. So like Catherine had written a web series that she, she was in. And so I was really excited when they met and they had chemistry and they were going to bring something to the table in terms of like the queer couple and they just, it was really great to kind of like work with them on that aspect of it, you know, and really like bring 
you know, it's not the main part of the film, but I think they bring an authenticity to it. So that was a really um, important collaboration for me. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. So, Wendy, what did you enjoy about this collaboration? I mean, well, first of all, working with my daughter was a real treat. And she was able to really contribute just a lot about the music, I think, scene to the film. And some of the dialogue, like the prey and predator stuff, that's all hers. Mm. And even like in her song, Bloodthirsty, she talks about, you know, as an artist herself, like everyone wants a piece, right? I think there was a moment when we were working together, she she really felt I wanted a piece of her too. I became part of that song. The, <laughs> the mother who's the producer and needs her to do all this stuff. It was um, an interesting collaboration that way. And, you know, we became really, I think, closer. You know, when Amelia came onto the shoot, as she said, it was there wasn't a lot of time for prep. She was just thrown into it. I mean, there was so so much pressure in terms of making decisions about casting. And, and I, I think the cast is terrific. But like the prosthetics had to be done, like, the you know, because it has to be done way ahead of time because it takes time and the eyes and everything. So it was a really, I think, high pressure situation going into it because there, there just wasn't that time for Amelia. But she was such a trooper. You know, I want to say she was very confident for someone. I don't know how old she is. But <laughs> a, young, a young female director. Like she was a young director. She was, I felt really confident and really thoughtful about the choices she made. She really did her homework and really thought things out. And that was very special to watch. I don't think I've ever been able to say that to Amelia, but I wanted to say it because I as she said, she was the director and she had to make the choices in the end. And there's a lot of pressure to do those, just as there is on people in the music industry. And I've seen my daughter go through that. She really handled it and coming into a situation really very last minute for this film. And I know that Mike Peterson, my co-producer and myself, really appreciate her just jumping right in 100%. Well, thanks, Wendy. It's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Well, thank you both for answering all those questions so thoughtfully, and I really enjoyed the film and look forward to sharing it with the Vibrant Visionaries listeners. Is there anywhere else besides like the film that you'd like me to point people to as far as your daughter, Wendy, and anywhere else like websites and social handles or anything like that? Um, Lowell does a lot of songwriting for a lot of LA singers. She spends all day doing sessions pretty well, but she has an album coming out this fall. But anyway, she does have an album and her music is online and you can find it if you Google Lowell Canadian singer or whatever. Great. Um, I'm looking forward to um, hearing her albums as well. She's played quite a few songs and I just, I just love them. I see the progression in her and really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear her new album. That's super exciting. Yeah, you, I also have another feature out right now doing the festival circuit called Bleed With Me. And it'll be stopping at the Nightstream Film Festival um, on October 10th or 11th. I, I I should have this information ready, but I do not. Well, that's but if you fun. Go on, yeah, if you go onto their website, Nightstream Festival, the lineup is really cool. It's an awesome festival. It's five really cool genre festivals kind of rolled into one to kind of COVID pivot virtual online stuff. But um, we're really excited to be part of that one. So if you want to see my first feature, you can check it out there. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. That uh, I was just yesterday looking at the whole lineup for that festival. Oh, nice. That yeah, looks this, amazing. This cool <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, both of you, for sharing. And uh, yeah, thanks for being thanks on the podcast. Thanks so much, Heidi. 
thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. All right, that wraps up my conversation with Wendy and Amelia um, talking about Bloodthirsty. It was super fascinating, and I hope you'll check out that film when it comes out. On to Vibrant Visionary News. So I have upcoming podcast episodes. One is with composer Robert Allaire. He was the composer for How to Deter a Robber, and he's worked on a lot of really innovative, interesting, creative projects. So I look forward to sharing that episode. I've also got Bridget Gelms coming back and we are going to be discussing season two, episode 13 of Parks and Recreation. So stay tuned for that. And a couple other tricks up my sleeve that I look forward to revealing as they're ready. Find Vibrant Visionaries at vibrantvisionaries.com and on Patreon. I've got some interesting tiers that are a little different than maybe what other some other podcasters put out there. And the main reason that I wanted to point out these Patreon tiers is these tiers were created with you in mind. I want you to benefit from all the skills I have and also the community of vibrant visionaries so we can all help each other. Keep that in mind when you check out these tiers. So this is where you start to see <laughs> that I start going into Parks and Rec inspired territory. So there's a Burt Macklin FBI one, and then things really start getting interesting once we hit the Donna Meagle, also the Tommy Haverford. So I wanted to talk about the Tommy Haverford because that one is going to be our creative cohort. So I'm going to read what you get on the Tommy Haverford right now. Do you want Heidi's professional feedback on your business vision and advice on how to improve your marketing, branding, and social media engagement? Are you in search of a compassionate, creative, private cohort for camaraderie, accountability, and support from fellow professional creatives? Then you are a Tommy Haverford through and through. As a Tommy Haverford, you'll get all the benefits of Bert, Bert Macklin. <laughs> Bert Macklin's really fun to say. Um, plus an invitation to a private Slack mastermind where you can brainstorm, collaborate, ideate, workshop, refine, incubate, hatch master plans, and most importantly, follow through with those plans in a supportive, compassionate, and safe environment that fosters out-of-the-box ideas and keeps you focused, motivated, and moving forward. So that is kind of the big, big number one offering there is a private Slack group with me and other creatives where you get to stay accountable and inspired to get your creative projects done. The second part of this offering is you and I will meet up with other Tommy Haverfords for a seasonal Zoom meetup. We'll socialize and celebrate and uh, toast our successes. And then for every six months, you remain a Tommy Haverford. You and I will schedule a one hour and 20 minute Zoom strategy session. I will tap into my 20 years of marketing, branding, public relations, and creative consulting experience. And of course, some of my coaching experience will bleed through into this too and um, share my feedback to help you grow from an Entertainment 720 to a Tommy's Bistro and beyond. So if you are thinking that 
you really want to get focused in and get more of your projects done and you'd like my help and like to be part of an online private cohort that's really focused in on helping you with your success, this is the place to go. So I'm just going to highlight that one today. There's more available on the Patreon, so check it out. Come join the fun. And that's going to be it for today. So I look forward to sharing more episodes coming soon. And take care, everybody. Ciao for now.